Hey everybody, Wait, that's what Matt says, right? Hey everybody, it's Dan and Something my esteemed like co-host. Oh yeah, he calls me he calls me Tiffany B, but oh, I call you Tib in the Great. Oh, I like that better. Can we switch to that? It sounds like a Hobbit name, so that's why I like Tibbin to me sounds like. Is this like... the real start of this podcast? We're we're going with that. It it is now. See what happens when Matt's not around. Exactly. I guess we should preface this by saying this is episode eighty-seven. So, there you go. But other than that, we're off. We're off the cuff today. I got nothing. Off, off the rails for sure. So, Tiff, Tibbin. I'm calling you Tibbin for the whole episode. Great. Excellent. So it's it's as you may have noticed, it's Tibbin and I today. Uh, Matt is I don't know at Denny's. I don't know where he is. He's just not here. <laughs> So what we're going to do is cover Gen Con, which is cool because Tiff and I will be going. So you'll kind of get an understanding of what her and I are interested in, which is not much. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll talk about a couple of games we played in the last week or so, too. So there you go. That's our off the cuff. None of this scripted at all. Oh, boy. Ever. So much editing to be done. I hate so, scripted podcasts. Can I just say that for the record? That's not a subtweet either. I just hate scripted podcasts. It are sounds, there scripted podcasts? You like, can tell. You can tell when people are reading a joke off of a monitor. It just, I'm like, come on. All right. Well, I think our listeners know that we are never scripted. Can't even spell script. So. <laughs> all right. So what do you... What have you been playing? Tell me about Bandcamp. I know you were there. It's not Bandcamp. It's Strings Camp. Yeah, if I sound weird, it's because I lost my voice screaming at children at Strings Camp. And it's not because our kids are bad. It's just because there are so many of them. We had like 230 kids on a college campus. So, and I'm partially in charge. So a lot of screaming. But no, it was fine. (laughs) It went well concert went off without a hitch but i did i did play games they're just probably not ones anyone that listens to this podcast is interested in i'm super interested <laughs> i played code names and tele and telestrations and king of tokyo because people just love those games they're just like it I, I i bring a tub of games every time and no one ever wants to play anything that's even remotely unfamiliar so that's that's kind of a bummer. Also, people hate rules, even if you're going to teach them. True. I played Code Names like seven times, like two weeks ago. I went visited some friends. There was like eight of us, and they were like, "What do you want to play?" And they, someone pulled out Code Names, and I was like, "Sure, whatever." And that game's still genius. Like it's it causes it's a good time every time you play it. So I I'm always like hesitant to get into a game because I know I don't. I've played it so many times. I was looking on my like BG stats. It was like the 150, <laughs> some ridiculous time. Um, I don't keep track, but I have played it quite a bit because the kids at Board Game Club went through a phase on that one. Yeah. Now I will say, if if your your students and or friends like King of Tokyo, I think I may have talked about this before, but um, another yellow game called Arena for the Gods. Uh, You've talked to me about that game. Yes. So that to me is King of Tokyo Plus, right? Mm. It's it's not too difficult in as far as rule set. Actually, it's not difficult at all. You roll some dice, you create some little combos, and you just fight each other in this little arena. But I find it I find it actually to be a lot more fun than King of Tokyo at this point. So if you're looking to switch it up a little bit, maybe introduce them to a new game with a similar feel. Um, and Arena for the Gods plays, I think it plays up to six as well. Well, so, maybe I'll check it out for Board Game Club. I w- it's on sale I'm, always oh, now. Well, that's good to know because yeah. I, w- I would never buy anything for expensive prices anymore because I've become board game cheap. Then that's fair because board games are just <laughs> getting ridiculously expensive. We talked about that two episodes yes. ago, I think. Well, uh, I just I have enough board games to last a lifetime, so there's no point in me spending a bunch of money on more true i bought a bunch of like we have a specific for camp collection because we have a movie night and not every kid wants to watch whatever movie we choose so it's like okay you can play board games or you can watch a movie and like telestrations goes over real well because it's like barely a game 
and they don't have rules to learn. King of yeah. Tokyo, my board game club kids like to play, but everybody else is even things like Suro are in there, like really easy rules, but yeah. they get intimidated because it's not Monopoly. I, you know what I mean? Like, even if I'm like, this is really easy, there's like three rules to it, and I can teach it to you. Like, kids see something that's unfamiliar, and they're just like, no. So. Monopoly's cutthroat. Let's let's establish that. Like I agree. It's just it's <laughs> well or like we'll have <laughs> for the longest time in my like board game club stuff, I had things that were donated from teachers, so they were like classic board games like Sari and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Listen, guys, look at this cool thing." And they'd pick Sari. So I had to eventually just like take those out and donate them to Goodwill because no one was playing real board games because of the unfamiliar, just they can't deal with it. Now, if they were playing Trouble, I'd understand that because popping that little bubble is super oh, fun. Oh, man. When are we bringing back the Pop-O-Matic? I think to. someone needs to do that. I'm sure it's coming. I mean, it'd be perfectly themed in like a space game or something like where a <laughs> dome is appropriate. Like, it could be, like, yes. representative of, like, a Mars well, colony or something like that. I wonder how expensive a component that is to get added. That's true. Like, that would be the only yeah. downside. But, uh, yeah, I want one. Yeah. They should add, like, snow globe effects to it as well. That'd be really neat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Told you we'd be off the, the tracks. But, yeah, so we did that. But I will say I did get interested. I didn't quite get to play it because... I had some high schoolers that needed disciplining and I, I didn't get to actually play it. But, well, that's new to our camp. So we added high school freshmen and they're just a little bit harder to corral because they think they're adults because they're 15 for some reason. Hmm. But anyway, I digress. But one of our um, overnight people brought a Cards Against Humanity variant called Cards Against Muggles. I so it's Harry like... Potter. I mean, you might want to, I mean, I you know how I feel about Cards Against Humanity these days. It's only entertaining, like, the first two times you play it. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just me, but that's how I feel about it. I'm so bored of it, and I hate it. But these are pretty funny. The cards are all Harry Potter related, so if you have a family that's super into Harry uh, Potter. Yeah. My wife would dominate this game. It's not even funny. Some of the cards are like, I'm allergic to blank. I'm a Hufflepuff. Things like that. They're just like... <laughs> everything. The answer is everything. <laughs> Getting baked with super strong enchanted wizard weed. Nice. Hagrid's undoubtedly huge penis. Whoa, like, okay. They're, they're still dirty. They're still like cards against humanity style cards. So you should combine that with telestrations. That's my favorite way to play telestrations. Yes. Is with the cards. <laughs> That Okay, so I made a rule for camp that no one can bring Cards Against Humanity because a lot of our, like, college-age counselors were bringing that, and I'm like, you can't have that around. <laughs> I mean, they weren't playing it with kids or anything, but, like, I don't want some kid to wake up in the middle of the night and look for their counselor, and they're playing – I don't know. We just can't. We just can't. I it's mean, too inappropriate to have in the proximity of children. It's Yeah, it gets quite – Horrific. I mean, even the most mundane cards from that game turn into just bad. Yeah, but especially when you're drawing them. Well, did I tell you this earlier this year? I had a kid in my eighth grade orchestra. We, we were on a field trip, and he brought Cards Against Humanity. Like, this was just a day trip. And what's even worse is we were going to elementary schools. Like, nice. that was – we were playing for elementary kids, and he brought it on the trip. So, like, a lot of kids' parents know that they have this game or they've bought this game for them, but it still feels weird to me. Yeah, I wonder if they know what it is inside that box. No, they definitely do, because I have ones who talked about, like, playing it with their parents in the room. Can you imagine? Oh, jeez. Okay. I wouldn't play that game with my dad in the room. It's like when we were younger and you wanted your parents to buy you that new CD that had the parental advisory. But you just tried to convince your mom that it didn't have lots of F-words in it. It was just other things, like the S-word, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how anyone convinces their parents. What What is the oldest you think someone should be? You know what I mean? Would you buy Tristan Cards Against Humanity if he really wanted it and he was 14? Um, Maybe. 
because at that point I'll probably just let my child have a glass of wine and play with us. <laughs> well, French. I mean, he's he's French, so I he's think French. that's fair. You just that's have to fair. be able to touch the bar to drink in France. That's basically <laughs> the rule of thumb. I th- I think that's acceptable. <laughs> I I completely do. We can. That's a different podcast topic. I can talk about my thoughts on the drinking age and the effects on its our society. But anyways, my child. Yeah, I I don't know. At some point, he's going to be like. I mean, it's not like he's gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say like if uh, sometimes because I'm short, teenagers don't realize I'm around. (laughs) So I hear what they talk about. It's not just me. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. But like sometimes I'll be standing there and I hear what they're actually talking about in real life, and it's just like a walking Cards Against Humanity game anyway. Exactly. for a lot of them. So I guess I can see it. But as a teacher who's like liable for things, I don't want that game anywhere near camp. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, Cards I... Against Muggles is the whole point of bringing this up. And I just thought it was interesting. No, I like the I like the thought of that because it sounds funny with like a nerd twist to it, which I like. It's in a pretty big box too. I was shocked at how many. It's like the bigger blacker box size. I mean, have you seen books six, seven, and eight? They're pretty big. There's a lot of words to choose from. <laughs> I did not read. I didn't read all the books. I read the first book. No. Sorry. I'm not a Harry teenager. Potter. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. After you've read Game of Thrones, Harry Potter is kind of like weak tea. Yeah, but at least in Harry Potter, there's no, like, Sansa chapters. Anyway, but I bet you've been playing, like, real games, so. Uh, some? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of family-style games, because my gaming really has consisted of, like, 8 o'clock, Tristan's gone to bed, my mom's around, sometimes Matt's around, and we just pull out something light and casual, because it's a work day for everyone but me. Well, and my mom, technically. So it's just a work day for Matt because <laughs> I'm not working and my mom's a teacher, so she's off. That unemployed life. Yeah, I do have a bunch of like Euro-style games, but I'll wait until next time when Matt's on to talk about those because I think he's got opinions on them that either agree with me or counter me, so it'll probably be a better debate with him on there. But I did pick up uh, Sekatsu, which is from our buddies Isaac Schlev and Matt Loomis. Um, this is a beautiful game about birds and gardens. Um, it came out from IDW, I want to say last year at Gen Con. Yeah, it did. I remember it. Um, the thirty nine ninety nine retail, I got it for 18 which was awesome, at our game store. We had it on clearance. Um, so I picked it up immediately because for some reason I hadn't picked it up before. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, I played a prototype of this back in the day. It's It's an abstract game, but it's... It's a game similar to like a photosynthesis where your perspective from your seating position comes into play in the scoring aspect. So basically, um, the game is, it's for two to four players. Two and three are probably its best counts because you don't have to play in teams. Four player, you have to play in teams. So I'm not really a big fan of that, but I understand from a marketing standpoint why that probably had to be done. Um, three players, obviously for me, this is the sweet spot as in most games. But basically what you're doing is you have two tiles in your hand. These tiles have one of four bird types and one of four different types of flowers surrounding the tiles. And these tiles are amazing. They're like, they're like, I guess whatever that, what are the Azul tiles made out of? I don't know what that material is called. I'm sorry, I forget. Um, Hmm. But they're just nice, like ceramic, like chips with like. Oh, it's like that Bakelite? Yeah, kind of, I guess. I'm not sure, but it's that type of, you know, shiny kind of plastic um, with like a heat pressed image on it. Um, so they're super nice and they feel great to like play with and pull out of the bag and just a really nice production on those. So basically there's these birds with these flowers, right? And so what you're doing is there's this board again with the different perspectives. It's a hexagonal board with little circles within the grid. You're replacing a tile and you're going to score immediate points for creating flocks of birds. So basically, if you, I had a red bird and I placed it down next to two other red birds, um, I would get three points um, for that flock that I created. So you score that immediately. Then once every once the board is filled, uh, everyone's going to go through individually and they're going to score their perspective of the garden. And this is where the flowers come into play. So what you're going to do is you're going to go row by row in the hexagonal grid that, from your perspective, 
and you're gonna score um, I think it's triangularly based on the number of flower tile the majority flower type in that in that row and once everyone does that whoever has the most points wins it's super simple mechanically um, but there's there's just a nice little um, decision space in that you know do I want the immediate points of the birds or do I want to place those flowers in rows where I can create larger majorities or do I want to block a larger majority from my opponent's perspective so you're looking you're looking at the board from different perspectives which is kind of neat um, but again it's it, it still keeps it in such a super simple mechanical package that it's just it's very approachable uh, I've played it like three or four times since I bought it a couple days ago um, went over really well with my mom and Matt and I and I even taught it to my four-year-old Tristan so he doesn't quite grasp the the perspective scoring of the flowers but he, he understands the creating the flocks and stuff like that um, and we played it yesterday three-player and we let him be his own chair and player and he actually tied me for first place once we did all the like normal scoring again he uh oh he he understands the flock creation part of it but the flower piece of it I don't he wasn't paying attention to that but at the end of the game we allowed him to like calculate the score and he figured out which one was the most and you know we did all that so it was it was good and to be honest it didn't take away from the game as an adult that he was just doing the flock scoring so that was really cool to see because it's a it's a more quote advanced game than he would normally play but he's he's been really surprising me as of late how quickly he's picking up on Ticket to Ride First Journey and we played Sakatsu we played King Domino as well I'm a little worried for you imagine when his uh, brain is fully formed you're never going to win again probably not the kid is super smart um, but like I said we played King Domino he created a perfect 5x5 five five, um, grid we we redu we reduced the scoring to just who had the most crowns, but I did. And I think I was telling you before I did the actual scoring of his kingdom, and he scored fifty two points and actually technically beat me in the scoring. Technically, you know, I was pretty impressed with that. He was able to like match the terrain types and kind of spatially adjust his kingdom to make that five by five, which was super impressive to me. It's nice to see that I have a gaming partner in the in the works because he's asked me both times to play. Uh, I haven't had to like coax him into it or anything like that. Oh, yeah. that's so, nice. And it's nice to get him away from watching Pokemon and stuff like that. So it's good to get him to sit and we can go out on the deck. I've been playing a lot of family games. That one seems like a good one, though. Yeah, I got the King Domino last year when I bought Photosynthesis. They were selling it for like, I don't know, eight bucks if you bought Photosynthesis. I was like, sure, throw it in, whatever. Because I think it's a good family game. And it's turned out to, yeah, it works really well. My mom likes it as well, which is good. It's super simple to teach. Do you think it would be too light for like, I don't know, more or more involved gamers? Um, I mean, I wouldn't personally pull it out with my game group. Uh, um, yeah. For your middle school, maybe it would be okay. Um, again, the the building of the little thing is fun. Um, the draft is 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 a draft, but there's apparently a um, expansion coming out, the Giants expansion. I'm not sure what it adds, but it's coming out of Gen Con. So if that adds another layer, then yeah, I think I think it's missing just a, a, a small layer to make it that extra step of like filler plus where I would normally kind I gotcha. of see myself playing. But um, for family... At this point, my board game club is a little past like filler level. Like there, it's a lot, it's going to be a lot smaller this next year unless I recruit a bunch of sixth graders but i have like three eighth graders and they like game at home so they are not interested in filler games anymore anyway i yeah like i said i i have an appreciation for them now in these kind of moments where it's like i said it's like eight o'clock my mom matt and i are just sitting around after dinner tristan's in bed like we we need something to fill like two hours my mom doesn't want anything super thinky and my mom could i mean my mom plays like mumbasa and stuff with it like she'll play heavier games with us but it has to be maybe an afternoon gaming session for her to kind of want to get into those otherwise sure. she doesn't want rules heavy she just wants something and my mom loves spatial games so both Seikatsu and King Domino really went well for her um, so yeah I've been doing a lot of that and like I said I've played some uh, some new Euros Way of the Panda Santa Maria some things like that but I'll save those for when Matt's on too. I know he has probably a little differing opinion on some of them than I do. I will say brief thing, Way of the Panda, good, not great. Santa Maria, I thought it was really good. That's short-term, 
short form review. <laughs> um, that's my Twitter review. Yeah, so let's, I don't know, let's talk Gen Con now. I think we've we've worked our way up to that. We're trying to keep this one short. I feel like I need to preface this Gen Con preview as I have to preface every preview and that I've done zero research. Well, that's kind of <laughs> what cons are for. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not like I used to be. I used to, like, meticulously go through the previews, but... There's, I don't know. See, for me, part of the fun of conventions is kind of discovering things that I didn't either know were going to be there, or I didn't know existed. Like, that's a lot of the fun for me. I kind of stayed in tune with, like, the big releases that I know are coming out that are, like, on my list. I'm not even doing that anymore, but well, that's Well, these okay. I've been following for, like, <laughs> obviously the brands. Like, I follow anything they do, so yeah. that's always on my radar. Like, Rise of Queensdale, we'll talk about, but... Other than that, I really just like wandering around and being surprised. Like, that's that's the most fun for me. Well, that's definitely going to happen for me this year. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fun. But, yeah, I've got a list here of some things. Most of these are must I only have two must-haves, and the rest are all interested. I have, I have nine on my interested list, but I don't think any of them are must-haves. Sure. I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's talk. Here, I'll start with one of my must-haves. Well, I just alluded to one, which is Rise of Queensdale. Which, this is the new uh, worker place... Not worker... You know, it is a worker placement game, but it's a new legacy game from Inca and Marcus Brand. Probably my two favorite designers. I love them. I love their... Just the diversity of their catalog. I find them just... They, they can do anything. They can do a Spieljahres kids game, or they can do a Kenner Spieljahres, you know, heavy set Euro. Um, which to me is just is awesome. And the fact that they're like a husband and wife like combo is just super appealing and I find it just charming um, that that they are able to do this, which is super cool. Um, but again, this is a, it's a legacy style game. So in typical legacy style, like everything you do with one game impacts a future game. Um, so that's kind of interesting, and it's something I've been trying to introduce Elsa to, that concept, and I think she likes that. She likes games where you collect things and carry, you know, them over round to round, so I was telling her, like, this is, you collect things and you carry them over game to game, and she's like, oh, this is fun. So I'm hoping that, um, she'll be, she'll be into that. Um, it's got, like, dice upgrading, it's got dice rolling in it, so I'm not quite sure how that's all going to play into it. Um, other than you're able to like upgrade the dice and you develop your burrows and I've been doing a lot of research on this one but a lot of it is in German right now because I was actually going to, it's been out from Aaliyah I believe since February but it's text heavy so the German mm. copy unless you have crib sheets which I don't feel like dealing with in a legacy game um, I wasn't able to really dig into the, the rule book and stuff like that so but I'm super looking forward to it because like I said anything they do is an auto checkout and the fact that it's a legacy from them, worker placement, some dice building, that, that sounds fun. I'll, I'm into it. And it has a plunger. I don't know what the plunger does. Yeah, there's what? a miniaturized, like, <laughs> it looks like a plunger. I don't even know it is a plunger, but it looks like a plunger. That's a that's a must-have for me. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to run, but that's the other thing I have to weigh up, too, is with my purchases. It's like, can I get these in Europe, one, cheaper, and two, with the shipping? Because... I've only got so much space to take back to. <laughs> so true. So yeah, no, I get that. I can't that. be buying a ton of like huge heavy games, and if I can get this in, you know, from Philibert or something like that, then I'll just buy it there and have it shipped to Denmark. Um, but I wanna, I want it, so I'll get it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I. That's the thing about living close to Gen Con and Origins. I feel like I end up coming home with a lot of more things that I would uh, take a chance yeah. on it. You know, because I'm close to home, I don't even have sure. to think about it. When I go to conventions out of town, I'm way more conservative. But yeah, so this I've been very conservative in both my origins and. Well, I was really conservative at Origins. I didn't buy a single game, so I feel like that opens things up for this particular convention. I can buy a couple things and not feel too bad. If I have a must-have, it might be this Railroad Ink game. Yep, that's on my list. I mean, it's a roll, it's a roll and write type of thing. So that I mean. I don't know, but it's a pretty roll and write. Would you say like the watercolor? Yeah, that's what it looks I'm trying like. Trying to pull up a bigger image of it, but it uh, it's got a very striking image on the cover. You're, I read I read through the description. It's like it's a they call it a multiplayer puzzle game, which I'm into puzzles, <laughs> and it has di <laughs> what 
And it has dice rolling. You're trying to connect as many exits on your board as you can. Yeah. And it come, it's so weird. It's coming in two editions, and the editions have expansions. Ah, uh, yeah, I see that. The Lava Meteor expansion. And... So there's a red edition and there's a blue edition. So I don't know. I can't tell. Do you need both editions to get those expansions? I assume so. That's so. interesting. So it seems like, just reading this, it sounds like the game is going to work against you in some way. So not only do you have your your individual puzzle but you have to they threw in some feed your worker or something like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i could get down with Sounds that cool. but... it plays one to six and if you buy the blue and the red you can play 12 which I, exactly yeah, I don't, if you have 12 people in your player group that's awesome but i've never seen 12 people around the table well like it i mean that kind of thing goes well like that's why these roll and rights kind of work for board game club um we've played a f- quite a few of them because you can if you have enough a lot of them if you have enough score pads it's just like multiplayer solitaire type thing so you can play more and kids don't like to divide up into no matter how many it's that's how i ended up doing an rpg with like 12 kids around me (laughs) because they don't want to split so maybe this is the thing i buy that's what i'm thinking maybe i should save this for last too late yeah too late you saved it for first (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna go from best to worst, so like. <laughs> well, that's how. I mean, BGG always puts the top ones up there on my list. We, we we've got to at we got to end on a somber. Yeah, we'll talk about something real crappy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, so my next one is uh, Gizmos. This is my other must-have. Uh, this is that's on my list. This is from Simon because you told me. To well, it's. Yeah, I, I figured I could get you to look at it because it's Phil Walker Harding, so the designer of Cacao and um, what else? What's the, oh my God, Imhotep, Sushi Go. Uh, he's a good designer. He's one of those designers, every time I play one of his games, I'm like, I hate him because he's just so slick. <laughs> oh, Baron Park as well, which is obviously one of my favorites. Oh, I still haven't played Baron Park, but this one looks really... It has marble It has a stand. 3D marble dispenser, yeah. So similar to Potion Explosion, except this sounds like a game. <laughs> so this one is... It's an engine building game. So you're basically... I've seen kind of this demoed. Basically have a little tableau where you're going to be putting parts of uh, attachments to your gizmo. And it's going to trigger chain reaction. So combo, 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 which... I love combos like that that's always fun and you know pair it with the cool little like novelty of the 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 marble drafting um similar to kind of like a potion explosion with just not as many marbles i guess again with phil walker harding yeah it's a it's a must-have for me just because i I love his games i really do except for imhotep not a big imhotep fan but i can still appreciate the design imhotep has grown on me i want to play it again I, I'm, it has expansions now. Which yeah. Might the other thing too is it's um, funny it enough. Like in my wife's archaeology circles, it's really kind of caught on. There was a um, a popular archaeology journal, scientific journal, actually I believe, that kind of talked about the game and its historical like context and stuff like that. And you know, a lot of her coworkers have heard of it because of that, and she really wants to try it. So for that reason alone, I will try it again and give it a shot because. I believe it has an expansion coming out at Gen Con. Yeah, a new dynasty. Got the big statue on the front. Um, the bird. Yeah. <laughs> she would kill me if she heard me call it the bird statue. It's got a, it's got, well, there's like a bird statue and there's like an obelisk I know. type of thing. Anytime I say anyway. that, though, my wife immediately corrects me with the correct Egyptian god. <laughs> She's like, uh, no, that's like Anubis. So, or I'm like, all right, it's a bird. It's fine. But again, <laughs> the whole point of the story is... I might try it again just for her because I love her dearly. Oh, that's so sweet. She's really kind of getting into the idea of games. I think um, a couple weeks ago, TC, Patty the Third, our buddy, he came down, stayed for a couple days, and we just prototyped like left and right. And we actually roped my wife in to one of his new unpronounceable city games called Ez, which is a, a small French village down in the Riviera. Um, that obviously my wife is familiar with. We got her to play that, and she really liked it. From there, she's really kind of been like, oh, we, should, we could probably play some more games. I think she's starting to realize that, you know, number one, she's really good at games. Like, I've always told her that. And number two, that, like, these these heavier games aren't as intimidating as they look once you get past kind of the rules explanation. Like, actually, like, 
executing the actions and things like that in a good game should be pretty intuitive and you know not too complex um, so I think with the right coaxing I can get her into some more games which will be cool and she also wants to I mean we've been working on a design for surrounding her PhD on um, Sudanese textile industry in, in Africa in the, the Meroic so that's got a lot of brown potential for a dry euro <laughs> a lot of beige yeah like i feel like by being married to she's what is she an archaeologist yeah, yeah, she's an she? archaeologist yeah i feel like you have an infinite pool of potential themes available to well, you well that was the other thing so like we sat down and she was sitting there like cooking and she came into tc and i were just sitting at the table she's like guys i just had an idea for a theme and she like walked us through this amazing theme about like an old prog like this thing and it was like off the wall stuff that like we would love and i always like tell her i'm like babe if you can come up with some cool themes based on your wealth of historical knowledge like let me know like just jot it down it doesn't it could be like three words like this this that like and then we can flesh it out like from a historical standpoint she knows like so much about some obscure things and i think those are the games and the themes that people would probably be drawn to not just trading in the mediterranean but like the one we're doing is the actual creation of the textile so there's an actual physical creation of the textile and then the economic piece of it and that sort of thing so i think there's a lot of room to explore her brain for sure <laughs> but yeah the one she gave tc and i we both were like that's cool and we spent like the next like 30 to 40 minutes like on our phones like looking up <laughs> what we could do with that and it was, it was pretty cool so uh kudos to my wife but yeah, Gizmos was the game we somehow got off track talking about. But that's from Simon, uh, and it's priced reasonably, thirty-five bucks. That's that's what I like to see. Like that's where games should be. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm. I have a really hard time spending more than that these days on a game. <sighs> All right, I'll talk about a worse game now. <laughs> since I since I started with the. Most, I love the way your the interested games are worse. <laughs> I'm interested in all these crappy games. I'm just going to put them on my list. I just scroll through the list. I use a couple of filters, and then anything that actually catches my eye, I just put it on interest and see what happens. And and that's it. So, okay. This is the most pathetic one, I think. So I'll go with that. And it's ho the Home Alone the Game. That's not pathetic. Matt Wolf and I were just tweeting about that two days ago. I want to play it. Yeah, it's it's like you're either playing as the wet bandits or you're playing as Kevin. So you're either trying to steal stuff or you're trying to like protect the stuff with goofy things, paint cans and yeah. such. So I don't know. That sounds interesting, but when I look at the picture of the components, it kind of makes me sad. It's, it doesn't. So look it's from good. it's Big G Creative, right? So it's that studio that's been yes. doing a lot of like Target exclusive stuff. But I've heard from somebody, I forget who it was, I think it was Chris Rowland on Twitter, who had a hand in some development work for it, and he said it's actually pretty fun. Well, it's only like 20 minutes long according to this description, so it's something I'd be willing to take a yeah. risk I on, I mean, it's I my suppose. second favorite Christmas movie after Die Hard. Oh boy, you're going to like trigger a whole bunch of people. Yep, a whole I bunch am. of people are screaming at you, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that, that movie came out like I was just the perfect age. I had a huge crush on Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, why not? I love Home Alone. So, like, I find it, I still watch it every time it's on TV. I could, I could watch it year-round. I usually don't watch it at Christmas time. I usually watch it weirdly in the middle of the year. Yeah. But it's a good movie. So maybe it'll be a decent game. I don't know. It, it triggers some weird fantasy of like, you know, it's like, yeah, if somebody robs my house, I'm going to, I'm going to beat the crap out of them <laughs> like i mean oh, you don't yeah, ever want well. somebody to rob your house but at, when you're a kid you're like you're like you know what if somebody it like it emboldened you a little bit. you're like yeah i'm gonna get some paint cans <laughs> in my room ready <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe that's just you well, that's i don't cool. know again i don't i don't encourage I it, it made me worry about my family going on trips, I think, is what it did to uh, me. It made me paranoid about setting my alarm. That's what Home Alone did for no, me. I, growing up, I had my mom who made lists for everything. I think the bottom of the list was the kids. So I think she never forgot. <laughs> <laughs> she could never forget us. That's nice. Well, there's only two of us in my family, so it wouldn't be yeah. that hard. But I'm the quiet one. 
that's on my list. I don't care. Judge away. No, people. I think I think you'll probably be surprised how many. People. I don't know that I need to buy it, but I will play it. Uh, well, I you know I've gotten to the point where like I I've gone through such a weird swing. For a while, I was like, oh, filler games, yes. But now I'm like 15 minute playtime. I just mm, I need like 25 plus minutes if I'm gonna pay for a game now. So this next one might interest you um, from a mechanical standpoint, and I I don't know much about it. But I remember seeing it, I don't know if it was on Kickstarter or whatever, but I remember seeing it, and when I saw it on the list again, I was like, it, it was like, oh, yeah, that game. Uh, this one's called Master of the Galaxy. This is from uh, Ares Games. It's billed as a fast-playing 4X. So, this is like the grail, right? We need a fast-playing 4X. Everyone wants a fast-playing 4X. I don't understand why, because a slow-playing 4X to me is so much fun. But, if you need that itch... Why not? But this one combines bag building, card drafting, and tech trees, which I'm I'm on board for all of those from a from a mechanical standpoint, right? I mean, they probably can't say it, but it's supposed to draw inspiration from classic sci-fi computer games and movies, obviously. So your Masters of Orion's, your all your space movies, like that sort of thing. So this one looks kind of cool. It talks about like you can win you your bag building in different ways right so the way you build your bag kind of plays to one of the x's it sounds like so you can build your bag to be aggressive and you know you can win by uh, destroying your opponents or you could build space bases so i would assume that's like the explore part of it or you could just achieve you know the dominance in the, the diplomacy economic science culture all that stuff so like your your normal tropes for a 4x but uh, like I said, from a mechanical standpoint, it sounds interesting because it incorporates a bag building element, which I like, and I'm still waiting for my perfect bag builder. So this is one I definitely want to check out. Me too. It's called Masters, Master of the Galaxy from Ares. I just added it to my interest. In yeah. It's got a really vibrant look to it. Like It's really got a, a nice table presence. It's catchy. It's got your neons and cubes and little bags, so... It's that's, fifty that's bucks. Like if if something's fifty or below, I'm yeah. thinking someone priced it right. Like I'm, you're starting to see a lot. We talked about it. Some of these games are getting up into like like Queenbra, which is an amazing game, but it's seventy bucks. Like, what happened to the sixty dollar mark for a euro? Because that's what it is. It's just a euro, but it has pretty art. I think we're gonna have to, as consumers, we're gonna have to start kind of rationalizing and balancing our need for really really pretty with our need for earning money and keeping it because <laughs> like, it seems like i don't know uh, and again i don't yeah anyways digress listen to a couple episodes ago if you want to hear my thoughts on prices steamrollers not 50 bucks <laughs> oh my gosh do we he's still so upset about steamrollers it's like a, that's just game, but it's so expensive anyways all right so i triggered you i got you to add one so my my mission is complete I, you know, and I don't know if I'll even buy, like, I might buy one of these, but I don't know. These are just things that, like, when I scrolled down, it caught my eye. So, in that vein, uh, Starlight Stage is a Japanime game. Shocking that it caught my eye. It's got, you'd like it, Dan. It's got pink and purple on the box. You know how you like pink and purple. It's got that. I love my pastels. It's got that nice, like, sort of 80s color scheme where it's, like, teal blue and pink, purple, and orange. It's, I don't know. But it's a it's a card drafting set collection type game, so I'm sure it's like fine. You're like producing idols, so it's the most oh, Japanese yeah. thing ever. Outside of like karaoke, like if you were doing karaoke or dancing. I saw a video of the most Japanese thing I've ever seen, and it's like they have this idol in Japan that is an actual hologram. Nice. And then people go to concerts, and it's just a hologram singing. Love it. I love Japan. It's so awesome. I've never been there, but it it's does just, sound awesome. It's just so bizarre, everything, and I love it for that. It's so quirky and cool, and the history there is so rich, and I love it. It's a cool place. If you haven't been to Japan, go to Japan, because it's awesome. Yeah, maybe someday, but it, I can't really tell you. There are different types of cards, and they stand for different talent types, but... I don't know. It just looks... I'll go with you to check it out. Don't worry. I just want to look at it. It's got sweet, like, I don't know, anime pop idols on it, and it's 
the the right color scheme will really me draw me. Same in. here. Yeah, pink, purple. Done. That's yeah. I don't know how I missed that one. I don't know how I miss. I don't know how I missed it because that would have been high on my list. I'll add it. Well, that's why I'm here. I mean, you can't for you can't forget about nope. Japan anime. Not at all. Um, what else is on my list? The only thing that sucks about that game is that it's only it's three to four players. You can't play it two. Oh, yeah, I guess. But I'm not one of those people that rules one out just because you can't play it two player. Because I don't. It's not like I only play games with my husband or something like that. I can. F- I usually am playing with three players, so it'll be fine. Well, this next one I have is an interested, but again, this is kind of like just from a uniqueness perspective. It's called War Chest. It's from AEG. Oh, I saw and I'm that. Just, yeah. I'm just super intrigued by the packaging, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I need to go back and look. I, I mean, I noticed that the box looked a little weird, but I wasn't... It, it, it's reminiscent of, uh, was it Dungeon Rollers, except this looks like maybe it's a game. Kind of like with that, it, the box looks like an actual chest. It's a bag-building war game, which is interesting. So you're going to be, like, drafting several armies and then using them to capture key points on this little board but it i don't know like i like i said the packaging just caught my eye i don't know anything about the game other than there aren't that many images or anything yeah no that's what i I was just looking at too um it looks kind of bland i it does i don't know i just maybe maybe in person i literally just said the packaging i know nothing about the game (laughs) i just thought it was i mean but that's the thing like in in this sea of gen con things like if this caught my eye, they're doing something right with it, right? You know, at least to draw someone's eye. And because when you're competing with 500 other releases, you need to be, you know, standing out some way. So, you know, kudos to AEG for coming up with a cool little looking package that caught my eye. And probably will catch a lot of other people's eyes. Yeah, no. I mean, it looks like it could be, um, like, kind of like, like the Duke. Yeah. Sort of. Like, I just, I, I'm looking at a card for it and it says, like, tactic perform one maneuver with each footman unit on the board and yeah it shows you yeah you're like drawing things out of your bag and you're right. using those i think they're called coins or something to like perform actions so it's it's got probably like a simple like little abstract game to it which might be cool which because i like little abstract games i just said the packaging was what caught my eye so i will because of that just stop by ag's booth and have a look yeah sure yeah. let's go with that what else you got to all right how about Carson City, the card game? Sure. I mean, it's Carson City, City in card game form. I don't know what else to say. It's 30 to 45 minutes, and it's one to six players, and it's Carson City. So sold, I guess. Yeah, why not? I don't know. It sound, I mean, like you read the description, it does sound just like sort of a little bit of a boiled down... Uh, I don't know, you're developing a city and you're trying to get the most lucrative parcels of land and things like that. So, I don't know. I'd give it a try. I want to check it out. There's not much information here. Yeah, I'd, I'd never, I had not even heard of that. So, thank you for that. I'll have to check that out. From Quinn Games. I don't... Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, you know, it's funny, right? So, as we're talking, I clicked on one of the, the games I wanted to talk about next. And the top banner in BGG is Carson City the Card Game. Pre-order now. <laughs> First time I'd ever seen it. And you're talking about it. That's weird. That's funny. That's yeah. a little scary. BGG is listening to you. It is. That's uh, It's probably Google. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> Google. Yeah, no, I like Carson City a lot. Um, so I'm curious. Me too. It's one of my favorite games. So Card Game is a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm wondering if... Like, yeah, I wonder if they'll keep some of, like, the building aspects, like, if you're using the cards to, like, build out a city or something like that. I'd be interested. It's hard to, I mean, it looks like there are several different card types because there's, like, there's, like, the character cards, like, you have in Carson City. And then there's also these, like, little, like, tiles. I mean, it looks like the tiles from the Mm -hmm. board game kind of thing. They're, like, little square cards with buildings on them. So... They just kind of maybe condensed the that into a deck of cards. Okay. I don't know. We're not here to be experts on the games. We're just telling you what we're interested in. And that looks interesting. I don't know how much. I'd like to know how much that's going to cost. I, I didn't look that up. Well, the pre-order link, I can click on it. Hold on. I will tell you. It is pre-order 17 euros. But I don't know if that's for like Gen Con delivery. Oh. So 17 euros. You're looking at like 
22 to 25 bucks. I'd say they probably rounded up to like 25 bucks for the US market because it's I think it's retail 20 euros, so that's about 25, yeah. Yeah. So, not too shabby. And you are, yeah, you're in charge of development of the city. So, you will be doing some That's the fun part for me in Carson City, obviously. It's the city development. <laughs> Where you're being real mean to everyone. Yeah, I. It's one of the mean games that I actually enjoy for whatever reason. Yeah, because it's. I think. I think the theme draws you in, and then like the action selection is fun. So there's there's other things to it, but it can be it can be very mean. But you don't have to play it mean. That's the other thing too. So if you're playing with a pretty tame group of players, you can play it. You know, I'll just build over here, you build over there, kind of thing, and just do it that way. But it shines when there's a little bit of poking at each other speaking of deceptively mean <laughs> let's talk about blue lagoon this is a uh, a new one from blue orange so this is probably in their line of like family plus uh this is reiner knizia it's super pretty beautiful oh. cover looks like moana <laughs> it's immediately what it reminded me of um, but it's an area control and set collection game and the reason i'm drawn to this was because i've heard it's loosely based off of his old game through the desert which is a very good game abstract of course with strange camels in a desert um not the prettiest aesthetic but if they took this and kind of built up on that it's 30 bucks so it's in the right price range like I, i'm very interested to check this one out uh blue orange has been really knocking out those family plus games um in that line so i'm always willing every gen con to see what their new one is so um yeah, last year it was photosynthesis. What was it the year before? It was New York nineteen oh one, right? Yes. Yeah. So this one, which I really like that game. I like nineteen oh one a lot. Photosynthesis I like with two or three, four players is just crowded and mean. That's but fair. Yeah, and blue again. Yeah, through the desert can get a little cutthroat, but it's not. I mean, like I said, if it's pretty, who cares? <laughs> So I love abstract strategy games. So I know Matt is like toted as the abstract guy on this podcast, but I, I love them just as much. I just don't buy as many because I don't think my wife loves them as much. So No, I get that. But I do I do love a good puzzle. I'm hit or miss on those. It kinda depends. But if they're pretty it definitely I was say, helps. if you can if you can <laughs> hide it behind a, a good theme with some intuitive mechanics, I think you can those are the good ones. Like Azul. Think like Azul. Like people that is I still haven't played it. What? But I'm just saying that is like a pure abstract game. But because it's so damn pretty, people are enamored with it. Like if it didn't look like that, I don't think anyone would have bought it. Yes. Other than other than it was Keesling, so it would have gotten some pub. But um, yeah. Anyway, so that's Blue Lagoon from Blue Orange Games. So that one, thirty bucks retail, which is pretty pretty sweet spot. No, that's not bad at all. Um, it's pretty good. So, like, the games I'm looking at, if I can get three games for under 100 bucks, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if I end up buying something. I feel pretty good about buying at least that roll and write that I mentioned. So, my next game is... I've probably mentioned it before because it always sort of catches my eye, but I've ne it's an it's it's been around, but they are releasing an expansion for it at Gen Con, and it's Bruin USA. <laughs> Have I ever mentioned that game to you before? That's the one with the beer caps, right? Yeah, yeah, it has it, yeah, it has bottle caps as pieces and I guess that's what I like about it. And there's like this I don't know what this expansion adds, but when I was going through my list, I was like, you know what? I've been interested in this game for a long time and I just never buy it for I don't know what's holding me back from it, but you're competing to like brew craft beer. Yeah. And and fill up your tap room and there Oh, this one brings dice drafting. So there you mm, go. that that might be enough to swing me over to buy it. We'll see how much it is. I didn't look. I am really bad at looking at prices. Beer games. They're they're good. They're usually pretty good. Well, it's like I still have my in shrink copy of Brewcrafters. Nice. I need to get the new version. Yeah, well, it's like what do I do with this now? I sold my original. Uh Knowing they were coming out the new version that would like uh, appeal to my OCD because of the misprint or whatever, <laughs> so it's like I need to get it, but I haven't picked it back up yet. So yeah, I understand. I really just kept the game because I have a card that has my face on it in the game, but I don't know if it'll ever get played. 
because it has my face on it. <laughs> you should be playing it all hey. the time and just not telling people that you're in it and just wait for them to be like. I would love to do that. I just like would tip. have to learn how to teach the game. But anyway, Bruin USA. It's by Adam a- Adam's Apple Games, so I think it's just like the pub- the designer publishes it. Nice. So I'm kind of into that, like not big game company deal. So sure. Yeah, I know we spend a lot of time on Entrepreneur Avenue or whatever that's called. So yeah, well, and that's where that's where I saw it, and I saw it on um. There's a youtube thing that i watch uh beer and board games where they basically they get drunk and play games and they're like a comedy it's like a comedy type show but it looks okay like a light euro-y type of maybe i don't know we'll check it out we'll check it out yeah what else you got all right so we're reaching the hour mark so should we speed round a little bit here i was gonna say i only have two more so shouldn't be a problem why don't you do your two and then i'll speed round my last few all right, so these actually might be good games. One is Tower of Madness. It's a smirk and dagger game. I like I like some of their games, and this one has like a tower where there are like tentacles that you put into it, and I don't know. It's pressure luck. It's take that. It's all the things that smirk and dagger does, yeah. but it's got a cool like I mean 3D components. I'm just and there, the there's like marbles that go into the tower, or something like that. I looked at they had it at uh, at Origins, yeah. so I looked at it, and you have to like, that's the pressure luck pieces. There are marbles that you put into it, and or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not really good at describing it because I don't know that much about it. All I know is that it's Cthulhu, and it's got a tentacle tower, and that's all I need to know. Yep, that that sounds like you. <laughs> their games yeah i don't i don't like a lot of their games just because they are like the take that but i mean i've preached it before i love biotics <laughs> <laughs> i know you talked about it a lot at origins i love that i tiny really germ love game. nevermore what's up that i nevermore is one of their games that i really like is that one of I their games that up at gen con hmm? is that one of their games yeah i think so i didn't realize that i thought that was an indie board and cards i could be wrong maybe i don't know I'll, i could be wrong as well now, now I've got to look because I hate being wrong. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't know. It's the teacher part of me. That's fair. You have to be. Correct. Um. No, it's Smirk and Dagger. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. And then, oh, uh, I was doing my last two. Yeah, go ahead. The, the last one is from level 99, which is not usually my bag. Oh, wow. I know, but it is Professor Treasure's Secret Sky Castle. <laughs> okay. So do tell. <laughs> it's a competitive puzzle game in which you and your opponent race to find keys, unlock treasure chests, and collect priceless treasures from around the world in history. Mm. Why not? It's like it says it's uh, movement programming and worker placement. It just sounds interesting. Interesting. Is it is it in there? It's like, also art short. Style? The like anime looking. Sort of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. There aren't a ton of images for it just like the cover image yeah. as far as i can tell and it's a two-player game which is also kind of a strike against it mm. and it's 15 to 30 minutes which is another strike against it so i probably won't buy it but i like the idea of racing puzzle yeah i do like that as well there was one on kickstarter recently that was like a real-time puzzle what was it like the jetpack joyride or something like that that old uh mobile game but like it's real time, but without a timer, and you're like placing polyominoes across like these tiles. And if you cover up certain symbols, you get points at the end. But it's like the first person to be done like ends the round. So you're trying to go quick, but you're trying to like place pieces. It look kind of cool. I have a new affinity for real time games. I don't get it. <laughs> well, it's when you, once you design one, apparently <laughs> you can never go back. But. I don't know. I would like to check it out. And since it's a short one, it might even be demoable, like at the convention. That's true. And no slight against Level 99. They're a great company. But it's not like, like an asthma day where you're going to be waiting to demo a game, too. It's one of those ones where it's it's reasonable and manageable that you could actually demo the game, which is nice. I don't usually demo stuff at, uh, what is this convention called? Gen Con, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't either. We'll see. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I'll stop by with you because I like level 99 a lot. 
Alright, so I'll run through my list of whatever's left. Um, the only expansion that I have is a must-have, and I don't know that it is a must-have right away, but Whistle Stop, Rocky Mountains. Um, I do love me some Whistle Stop. It's a super relaxed game from uh, Bezier and Scott Caputo. I really like Whistle Stop a lot, and this one adds a 3D mountain range to the game that acts as like a barrier um, for getting across the board because ultimately you're expanding west in the game kind of thing. Um, it also adds some new endgame tiles, special tiles, all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, this one um, this one is probably going to be on my list, but I don't know that I need to buy it at Gen Con kind of thing unless I bring my whistle stop with me uh, because I know, like, you know, Ben, Pinchback, and TC, all those guys like to play whistle stop, so maybe I can rope them into a game with the expansion. Next up is uh, Battlestar Galactica Starship Battles. <laughs> I saw that. This is basically like Wings of Glory or Sails of Glory, but in the battleship. So that's the that's the system that X-Wing is based off of. So it's basically going to be like Battlestar Galactica X, which is cool. It's an interest. It's one of those I'm interested in. It. I want to stop by. I want to see it. Curious about the art. If they're actually using like original art for the characters, or are they using like just screenshots from the show, things like that. I'm I'm super curious because I love Battlestar Galactica. I, I don't know why it's but it's literally one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> it's because it's amazing, Dan. It is. I, I was telling Elsa the other day, actually, when we were flying home, I wanted to like download it on Netflix, but it's not on Netflix anymore. Um, I was like, ah, oh, because I so wanted to rewatch it. I think it. it might be on Amazon because I feel like I watched it recently. Is it? But I could be All right, I'll have to that. check my Prime account. Check that out. Yeah, because I want to watch it again. Last time I watched it was when Tristan was born. So, like, all those late nights staying up with him, I just put on Battlestar and just kind of sat and watched it while he was sleeping or crying <laughs> in my ear. It was awesome. I love that show. The other one I have here is Everdale, which is a recent Kickstarter release from Starling Games, uh, which is... I noticed that one when I was scrolling through, but... It's basically a game salute in disguise, so I'm, I'm very hesitant. But it looks... It's a beautiful production. Uh, the art is... So it's like... Uh, what do you call those? Anamorphs, I guess, would be the... Where the little animal sure. or people... I don't know the, the correct term here. Anthro Anthropomorphic characters? Yes. Yeah, we'll go with Let's that. Let's go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, this is why we need Matt here. I bet he would know. Matt would definitely know. It's 80 bucks though, which means I'm not buying it Oof. at the convention. Because it sounds... It's, Someone else will buy that. It's a card drafting hand management game. So, like, it's got a cool... What's making it 80 bucks then? I don't know. It's got beautiful art. It's got like a 3D board presence to it to some degree. It looks cool. I'd like to like walk by and check it out, but I'm not I'm not going to buy it. Again, it's game. I don't really support that company, but I'm I'm all for second chances. So if they're going to start getting their crap together. Next one is Gun Gunkimono. Um this is from Renegade. This is a reimplementation of the old game Heartland from uh, I believe it's Jeffrey Allers. Um, Heartland's one of those classic games that um, I've always wanted to try but never got my hands on. It's, I think it was Spiel nominated or something. Maybe not. No, not. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it's it's a um, it's a game that is talked highly of. So the fact that Renegade put it in feudal Japan now has me uh, obviously a little more interested than the farming theme. <laughs> Forty bucks. We'll see. Definitely check it out. Smirk and Dagger, speaking of which, we've got uh, Koi, which looks like, uh, again, another action programming grid with the uh, the board and the, the cover art on this game are fantastic. Like It does look pretty. Holy crap. Like, again, the, the Japanese-inspired like watercolor. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful. That's how they get you. Pink, purple, Japanese-inspired watercolors, and it's an insta-buy yeah, for Dan. Yeah, easily. Easily. Luxor is going to be on hand. This is the Spiel-nominated, um, I think it's Dorn. Dorn or Dora? I always get those guys confused. Understandable. It's Dorn. Dorn! Don't give me that Olay DS. Sorry. That's a, wow. That's a Major League reference. I couldn't say I the know. full. I couldn't say the full quote. It's much I better. live in Ohio. Yeah, that's true. You are uh, Cleveland Indians, who are apparently getting rid of the um, their logo. That was yes. Yeah, as part of the deal for the All Star Game next year. 
it was only a matter of time before that happened. Sure, it makes complete sense. It was, I was, it was interesting that Major League Baseball took a stand on that. And they're like, which one do you want, your logo or the All-Star game? They're like, we'll take the All-Star game because <laughs> no one else is coming to Cleveland. Anyways, hey, just kidding. Um, I'd be, it would not be a show if I didn't mention our buddies Matt and Ben, the the, the <laughs> Fleeples, uh, Pipe Mats, Peep Mats, the Songbirds game, which is I played it at Origins. I like that game a lot. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it quite a bit actually. I mean, I was a little sleepy when I played it, so it took me a minute, and I made mistakes yeah. were made as I was playing. Oh uh, no, but it's, it was fun. You, that's one of the. I remember playing the prototype of it, and it's one of those games where the first play is a complete wash because you're just. It takes you a couple rounds to get the understanding of how you can combo the cards off the the, uh, the feeder and things like that. But after that, oh, it's such a good game. It's if you like Arboretum, if you like kind of those stinky games in a small package, this one. For sure check out it's a uh, lookout is bringing this out 15 bucks and um it's got beautiful illustrations they got a uh a actual nature bird illustrator to do the art it's pretty awesome so check it out it's probably one of my favorite card games and again you can say i'm biased but honestly it is a very very good card game so if you don't like it and you buy it let me know and i will buy your copy and give it to someone else <laughs> <laughs> wow that is convoluted yeah but that's what we're all about matt's not here to keep us on track nope. so root is another one uh this is like a, a this is a game from uh letter games leader games i still don't know how to pronounce that um from designer cole Whirl, who's done some good games like uh, john company and some other war games this is basically uh an asymmetric war game masked behind like uh really cool looking animal art so I'm kind of worried that the look of it is going to entice the wrong audience. Um, I think it's because from what I'm reading, it just sounds like a war game, to be honest with you, um, but slightly watered down. So I don't know. I, I think the I think the art is so catching and people might get it and not realize the experience they're in for. So that's my only worry with that one. The aesthetic doesn't appropriately match the uh, the underlying game. But we'll see. It looks super, super nice. I like Kyle Farron, I think, is the artist. And then, I guess, uh, Trade on the Tigress from Tasty Minstrel Games. This is the one... Uh, the reason I'm interested in this is this is uh, Ryan Strum and uh, Jeff Engelstein's game that they basically yeah. started designing on Ludology. Um, it's now called Trade on the Tigress. Um, again, a nice aesthetic to it. And um, it's three to six players, so it doesn't have the two player. But I'll check it out. Um, and then the last one is a demo, which I'm sad about, but Treasure Island. I thought it was going to be on sale, but it's not. So Treasure You'll Island. You'll be able to look at it. I'll be able it, to look though. at it again. I saw it at Origins. Um, maybe I'll, this is one I would actually sit down for a demo of because it just looks that fun. I would demo it. It's Matigo. It's, um, you're basically trying to find that one player plays as the, I forget who, I don't know. It might be Long John Silver. It might, I don't know if they've actually set it in Treasure Island or not, but the other players are trying to find his treasure, so you're using deduction and bluffing, and you're actually drawing on the board in like a magic erase marker to just to kind of circle the areas where it may or may not be. So it, it just looks cool. It looks like a really neat production, and kind of the, the mechanics look uh, super intuitive and treasure huntery, if that's a word. All right. Well, we'll demo it. It's a date. Done. <laughs> All right. So that's that's my list. Everything else, I'm sure there's going to be some other cool stuff which we'll talk about after Gen Con that we completely missed but that's the fun of gen con is it's so massive and large that it's so easy to miss something and a lot of times you know maybe a company forgets to get on this list that bgg puts together so that's again as we mentioned at the beginning that's that's half the fun for me it's just wandering the hall getting my steps well that's in. why that entrepreneur alley is so good like there are just so many weird little things yep. to be found agreed agreed remember well it wasn't entre- i mean it's asmati but i mean the cupcake oh, game. Boy. I knew he was going to say that. The cupcake game. I don't know what happened to that because that game was great. I Maybe I can get the rights for it. I'll publish it. <laughs> Make it happen, Dan. I'll get some better art. Or I'll just ask if I can steal the mechanics and retheme it. Not. I would never <laughs> retheme that game. It's perfect. It's perfect as a cupcake game. It is. So, all right. Well, that was our Gen Con kind of interested. Don't know what it is. The box was pretty list. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> that really is like the title of the list. The box was pretty, so I'm interested. I, I think it's perfectly viable. Like I said, if if you can catch someone's attention with your packaging, that's half the battle in this, this industry, I think, right now. Because it's just so flooded. Um, so you got to make it appealing. And you got to put the time and effort at least into the box cover. So, cool. Well, as mentioned... We did it. Yeah, we did it. So, we'll be back after Gen Con to talk about what happened. At least Tiff and I will be, and Matt can quiz us on all the games we saw and played, and it'll be good. Looking forward to Gen Con. Tiff and I will both be there if you want to hit us up. Yeah, just look for Dan, and I'll be below there. At Gen Con, you can't even see me, so let's let's be honest. (laughs) That's true. Um, Yeah, and again, apologies to some of the people we did not get to, to connect with at Origins, but if you'll be at Gen Con, promise play anything i have nothing at gen con we'll be by the blue noodle most nights i think it was at hall e uh, the tablecloth color changes every year but just look in the back of hall e late night that's where like a lot of the unpub will be going on but also many published games will be played that were bought that's usually where we are though yeah. around unpublished games at any given convention yep i'll have a couple of mine uh, namely storm chasers i'll also have interstellar which is my new rondell euro hopefully nice. in a workable condition that people can play it so if you have interest in any of those storm chasers is super quick <laughs> come play a game for 10 minutes it's super quick but it's super fun it is super fun I'm oh that theme forward. is top notch it is whoever came up with that is a genius good theme Tiff. <laughs> good theme um i gotta get my little bit of credit is it time to say goodbye it is so let's say goodbye so again, if you want to reach out to us, I'm on Twitter at scandalous underscore nad at league nonsense. Tiff is never on Twitter, but if you need her, hey, I get just on Twitter when we record. So at least like once every couple of months. So you can you can find me at inept gamer or just at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically. Hashtag inept gamer. You got it. Okay. Yeah, or just message me and I'll tell her. <laughs> All right. Now we can say goodbye. Toodles. Bye.